Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. 10 minutes after 11 o'clock, you are still listening to The Talking Point. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for staying with us. Uh, Last week, we had a really important conversation with Professor Patrick Bond, as well as Professor Anthony von Lievenkerk. This was a reflection on the geopolitical year that will be specifically reflecting on South Africa taking the leadership reins in BRICS, the G20 summit, um, and a reflection as well on the bilateral commitments made in the last year or so and what to expect thereof in the coming year, also on global security matters and human rights. That was an in-depth and detailed conversation. In part, to continue that conversation, today I'm joined by Professor Anil, Anil Suklak, who is the Ambassador-at-Large for BRICS at the Department of International Relations, DERCO, as well as Zahir Lair, who is the Chief Director for United Nations and Global Governance. Professor Anil, thank you so much for your time. Zahir, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really, really do appreciate it. Perhaps let's start here, uh, Professor Anil. How significant will this year be for South Africa as a BRICS member state? Well, I think... uh Whenever South Africa has the opportunity to chair BRICS, it's a significant uh, occasion for South Africa, for the African continent, and I believe also the impact it has for the global south and the world at large. Given the priorities we set for ourselves as, as BRICS countries, the impact it has on South Africa's national interest, the focus that we place on Africa during our chairship, the focus that we place on the agenda of advancing the global south and the emphasis we place on reforming the multilateral institutions. So on a number of counts, uh, our chairship is significant, not just for ourselves, but I think the impact that BRICS has on the larger global community at a very difficult time in terms of the global environment at the moment. Mm. Zahir, do you perhaps also want to reflect on that? Will this be an important year geopolitically for South Africa, uh, specifically speaking to the BRICS moment and taking over the leadership there for the year? Thank you very much, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to engage. Um, as Ambassador Sutlal has indicated, uh, BRICS provides us an opportunity for us to address some of the key global challenges that we face. Contemporary challenges such as the COVID-19 pandemic, climate change, global terror threats, the proliferation of map, weapons of mass destruction, etc., require cooperation and common will. We see today that we have a world that's fragmented. Some of the challenges that we face, whether it is the conflict uh, that we see in Europe or some of the development challenges that we face, has drawn a rift among countries and, and the ability for us to work together to address common challenges. Working through forums like BRICS or the United Nations provides us an opportunity to work with other countries to address these common challenges. And for South Africa, this has been a key focus of our foreign policy since 1994, to work within an international rules-based system based on international law, to work collectively to address these challenges. And BRICS does provide us a further opportunity to address this. Yeah, but let's then zoom in on the intra-dynamics of BRICS itself. Uh, Ambassador Anil, South Africa in many ways is a junior member state as far as BRICS is concerned, right? 
the the real powers within BRICS is India, Brazil, and China, because these are super states, effectively as far as population and economic and economy sizes are concerned. Can South Africa exert real influence over di- over the direction of the bloc, given that specific dynamic? Well, uh, firstly, let me say that I don't agree with the assumption that South Africa is a junior player. When you measure the value and worth of any country in any given organization, there are various indicators that are used. Population size that you refer to, the size of economy, are but some of the factors. Now, you will recall that when BRICS was created as a grouping, it was the four countries minus South Africa. Yeah. But then they admitted South Africa as a member. And any new global grouping that excludes Africa is not going to have the global clout that it should have in terms of impacting on what they would like to achieve in creating a more equitable, inclusive uh, global order, which is what we are trying to do, address the fault lines in terms of the global architecture that is there currently. There is also the principle within BRICS, which is highly respected and the manner in which we function, that all of us are equal partners, irrespective of country size in terms of economy, in terms of population, and their respective standings in their regions and globally. And that has worked very well. South Africa does not see itself as a junior partner, nor are we treated as a junior partner. And this is quite uh, explicit in the fact of the chairship that we have had over the past uh, decade or so in 2013, 2018, and again our chairship this year. As chair, we set the agenda, we set the priorities uh, for the year, and the other BRICS countries are consulted, but by and large, they fully agree. BRICS recognize the value of South Africa and the importance of the African continent uh, being part of that equation. South Africa does not represent the African continent, nor do we allude to this that we are there on behalf of the African continent. But I'd like to say that we do get the support of the African continent in our engagement with BRICS. As early as 2012, when we were preparing to attend the BRICS summit in New Delhi, then President Zuma received a letter that was signed jointly by the then AU chairperson, President Yaya Boni of Benin, the AU Commission chairperson at that stage, Jan Ping, and the head of NEPAD at that stage, Prime Minister of Ethiopia, uh, Malawi Zenis. And in that letter, which we have on record, yeah. all of them asked South Africa to go and champion the African cause amongst the BRICS countries. And this is exactly what we have done since. Whenever we are at BRICS meeting, it's not just about advancing our own interest and the interest of the group, but it's also about using it as an opportunity to advance the developmental interest of the African continent. And that's why in 2013, when we chaired for the first time, we were the first country to initiate a BRICS outreach. For the first time in 2013, we invited the leaders of African countries to come and dialogue with the BRICS leadership. And that was highly successful. And in fact, President Putin thanked President Zuma for that initiative because he said that we helped Russia to 
recognized that they had neglected the African continent. And the result of this was the first Russia-Africa summit that took place uh, three years ago. And this is the value that South Africa brings to BRICS in terms of strengthening Africa's alliance with BRICS partners and the BRICS nation as a whole and advancing Africa's interest. We did the same in 2018. You'll recall that in 2018, when we were chairing BRICS, we were simultaneously chair of SEDEC. And in 2018, when President Ramaphosa hosted the summit in Johannesburg, he invited the entire SEDEC leadership, and all of them attended, to dialogue with the BRICS partners. So you can see the value that South Africa brings to BRICS in terms of our interaction uh, with the African continent, and of course, advancing our collective interest, and as Zaire also mentioned, in terms of addressing the fault line of the global uh, geopolitical economic architecture as it exists at yeah. the present time. And South Africa has been at the forefront of that. I'll also allude to some of the major initiatives uh, that South Africa initiated that is today very much part of the BRICS architecture. You will recall that the idea of creating a BRICS bank, which is now called the New Development Bank, that decision to set up that bank was taken at the summit in Nitiquini in 2013. And South Africa was at the forefront of that process. Also in 2013, during our chairship, we initiated two further very important initiatives. We created the BRICS Business Council to bring the BRICS business community together under one banner. And this year, the BRICS Business Council will celebrate its 10th anniversary and has become a very important and powerful medium in terms of cementing ties between the private sector of the BRICS countries. Secondly, we also launched the idea in 2013 of creating the BRICS Think Tank Council, where we brought all of our major think tanks, academics, under one umbrella. And this think tank council is an important uh, facility yeah. in terms of research, addressing the research needs, bringing our t academics, our think tanks together to not only reflect on issues affecting the BRICS countries, but issues affecting the global community and providing possible policy, policy direction uh, advice to the leaders of BRICS. So you can see that South Africa has been at the forefront of major initiatives. And to just finally put one more major initiative on the table, you'll recall that in 2018, during our session, South Africa put forward the idea of using the collective uh, interest and uh, putting forward the creation of a BRICS vaccine research and development center. And this was in 2018, prior to the outbreak of COVID. Uh, fully recognizing the value of health to global well-being. And this Vaccine Research and Development Center was finally launched in March last year. Mm. Our Minister Blades in the Manda was there overseeing the launch of that initiative. Again, a South African initiative being, bringing together our best scientists to collaborate addressing issues of global health and how appropriate it is given the devastation of COVID at the present time. How many projects, uh, infrastructure projects, are being supported right now by the New Development Bank in South Africa? In South Africa, we have about a dozen projects. To date, BRICS has 
disbursed just over 30 billion US dollars for about 80 projects. Uh, we have about a dozen that roughly uh, about 12 projects thus far are being funded by BRICS to the value of just under 6 billion US dollars. So we have about 20% of funding from BRICS. But I must also add, this excludes the US $2 billion loan that was made available to South Africa with the outbreak of COVID in $1 billion in 2020 and a further billion yeah. in 2021. So the BRICS Bank is quite an effective institution, highly rated with very positive credit rating from the rating agencies. And it has been one of the success stories of a new multilateral development bank where countries from the global south have come together to address our development challenges. Yeah. Uh, China has a new foreign affairs minister who went on a tour of the continent with the exclusion of South Africa. Should we read anything into that? Not at all. Not at all. This is not the first time. Uh, new minister, Xinjiang, uh, this is traditional. China has done this for the past almost three plus decades. The first visit of the foreign minister for the new year is always to Africa. And this again demonstrates the importance China places on Africa. We have a very strong relationship with China. China is our largest trading partner. We have a strategic uh, relationship, a comprehensive strategic uh, partnership with China at the level of deputy president. And this year is an important year with regard to our relationship with China because it marks the 25th anniversary since the establishment of formal diplomatic relations mm. on the 1st of January 1998 under President Mandela's uh, leadership. And uh, we will be involved in a number of activities, both here in South Africa and in China through our respective embassies. And we are also expecting President Xi to visit South Africa this year. You will recall that his first visit after he became president of the PRC in 2013 was to Africa, outside of the region, and to South Africa, where he attended the BRICS summit, as mm. well as uh, paid a state visit uh, on that occasion as well. And he was here again in 2015 for the FOCAC summit. So this will be his third visit to South Africa in a matter of decades. There are very few leaders, global leaders, that have paid so many visits to our country on during such a short period yeah. of time. Zahir, from a programmatic sense, South Africa taking over the leadership of BRICS this year happens during a globally tumultuous time as far as security and peace is concerned. An ongoing war in the Ukraine perpetuated by Russia uh, certainly will not escape the minds of South Africa's other trade partners, Europe being the European Union being one of South Africa's largest trading partners, as well as the United States of America. There will be growing pressure for South Africa to take a stance on this, to denounce, to use its influence in BRICS this year, to denounce Russia's action in, 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 in the Ukraine. Will South Africa be able, will our diplomatic uh, fiber be able to rise to the occasion when called upon and the pressure mounts from our other global partners? Thank you. Well, firstly, I should say South Africa does have a stance on Ukraine. South Africa has had a stance on Ukraine uh, for a number of years uh, in terms of our approach on the situation in Ukraine, and particularly over the last year uh, when the latest incursion into, into Ukraine uh, began. 
South Africa's approach has been to, one, express deep regret that the war in Ukraine has uh, uh, persisted and, this, and, and, and the impact that it has had on uh, particularly civilians. Uh, this is a war which we have recognized has impacted all countries in the world in terms of uh, its impact on food, fuel, uh, and, and, and the global financial uh, issues. It's also impacted on the implementation of the Sustainable Development Goals. So we've therefore joined many others and the vast majority of, of, of member states that have called, or, or UN member states, that have called for an immediate cessation of hostilities and the establishment of a diplomatic process to end the war. We've continued to emphasize the importance of the territorial integrity of states, including that of Ukraine. We've also called for uh, the purpose and principles of international law and the UN Charter to be upheld. In terms of how... Um, so just to be clear, South Africa calls for all of those things with the exclusion of outrightly condemning Russia. Well, the, the issue is, is not about... Um, is about condemning Russia or not condemning Russia. The issue is about ensuring that we emphasize the implementation and the enforcement of international law, and we also stress the peaceful resolution of conflict. This has been the manner in which we've uh, addressed conflict resolution, not just in Ukraine, but globally. The importance of um, dialogue, political dialogue, conflict resolution to address conflict. And arguing that war and conflict is not the manner in which we should try and resolve uh, a conflict situation. But coming back to your question about how this will impact uh, our relations with other countries, I think South Africa's approach has not in any way uh, affected our relationship with other countries negatively. I think there's a recognition and appreciation of the manner in which we've approached this matter in that there's a recognition that South Africa has not taken sides by uh, choosing to abstain on the resolutions in the General Assembly on the situation in Ukraine. South Africa has indeed taken a position, and, and the position it has taken has been to call for peace, has been to call for the implementation of international law. Um, and in that way, and, and I would like to uh, reflect on the manner in which we deal with all global issues within the multilateral system and the UN system in particular. The recognition of South Africa's role and South Africa's voice on this issue and other issues is recognized by the fact that we are regarded as a leader in the multilateral world and within the, 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 the realm of, of global relations. South Africa was recently elected by members of the General Assembly uh, onto the UN um, Human Rights Council. We received the highest number of votes amongst those countries standing for election within the members uh, within the general assembly where all un member states all 193 member states uh, vote and um, this i think from our perspective is testament to the support that we have and the respect we have for our role in global relations we've also been elected in other un bodies and we serve on various multilateral organizations including the un peace building commission which addresses post-conflict reconstruction and development, particularly on the African continent. And South Africa's contribution to all these forums is well recognized. So working within the BRICS framework and within the larger UN framework will allow us an opportunity to add our voice, which in a way is somewhat unique. Because of our own history of um, uh, transitioning from an apartheid regime to democracy, but also another aspect where we play a 
key leadership role in multilateral relations is on the manner in which we've been addressing the use of nuclear weapons. South Africa being the only country that has voluntarily given up its nuclear weapons, uh, remains at the, at, uh, a leader in terms of how countries should address their nuclear stockpiles and work towards disarmament and non-proliferation. These are some of the aspects that we can make a contribution on, and we have been doing. And I think this is being recognized by other countries due to the fact that they do um, see us as a leader in, yeah. many of these, in many of these forums. Give us a call, 086-000-2032. Send us a WhatsApp voice note on 0614-104-107. We engage your voice notes and calls on the other side of this. It's 11.30. Let's take your news headlines with Mposi Tolle. SAFM 104 to 107. Nationwide. 086-000-2032. Give us a call if you'd like to contribute to this conversation. Mike in Newlands, good morning. Yes. Hi, good morning, Oliver, and good morning to your guest. I want to just quickly take issue on two points there. First of all, you mentioned the fact that um, South Africa's policy is for the two parties to come to the negotiating table. But that's somewhat difficult to do when Russia invaded an innocent country. So all it requires is Russia, excuse me, no longer to invade this country. And then the second thing is we've clearly joined the war. Because your guest clearly doesn't know that a Russian ship was in our military harbour here in Simonstown, uh, loaded up, we don't know what, armed ammunition, offloaded what we don't know either, but the ship was sanctioned by the United Nations, by the USA, and by Europe. And we allowed the ship to come into a military port and to offload at night secretly, and the ship's identification system was switched off. So we don't know what's going on, but we do know that we are now in the war on the side of Russia, and I would say to this gentleman, look, we need to stop that. He needs to split members. We need to speak out against Russia and stop this bloodshed. Thanks very much, Oliver. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Zahir, do you want to reflect on that? No, I, I think just to indicate, look, our position is, as I indicated, uh, calling for the peaceful resolution of the conflict. There is only one solution, only one sustainable solution, and that is for the parties to sit down around the table and find a political solution to this matter. Um, a, we, we have seen, it's almost been a year, where the option of use of force from both sides, and yes, uh, they, they, the, the, the way it had begun was Russia's incursion into Ukraine, but there's been a response, and the conflict has continued. Our approach has been that there cannot be, and you will not find a way to resolve this in a sustainable, long-term manner without the parties sitting down around the table. South Africa will continue to abide by UN resolutions and UN sanctions. There There are no UN sanctions on Russia as it stands. So South Africa has not been in breach of of any uh, UN resolutions in terms of its, uh, of its uh, behavior. Uh, what we have been doing is engaging with all parties, including Ukraine, Russia, as well as Western, part, uh, Western states, uh, the United States, the European Union, to ensure that we engage with them to find a way in which we can uh, all contribute towards the resolution of this conflict. Is South Africa a proxy participant on Russia's side? As claimed by Mike. South Africa is not involved in this conflict except to, to as a UN member state in which we are 
um, ad- actively advocating for peaceful resolution to this conflict. Yeah. Let's have a listen at some of the WhatsApp voice notes that's come through on our WhatsApp line. Good morning, Oliver and your guests. Uh, concerning BRICS, uh, we have got a lot of shedding and we've got BRICS on the other end. He's uh, applauding uh, BRICS as a good development bank and yet there is a lot of shedding in South Africa. ESCOM doesn't have funding and BRICS is there. Uh, can you explain something about um, electricity generation and how BRICS is gonna help or is helping or is not helping? Do you want to, uh, uh, Professor Anil, do you want to reflect on that question? Uh, perhaps one of the projects currently under BRICS Development Bank funding may be energy-related, if at all? Well, we've already received funding from the NDB in terms of uh, our energy uh, transmission lines that needed replenishment. That was one project that BRICS, the bank, has supported. And I'm sure that if we make a pitch for further assistance to address our energy needs, it would be favorably considered by BRICS because that's what the bank is there for, to address the development needs of its member states. Uh, And energy is one of the focus area. I must also add that during our chairship this year, one of our key priorities is to reflect on how collectively we we as BRICS can uh, effectively look at a just energy transition. We have an energy uh, cooperation platform agreement among the BRICS countries where we discuss uh, the issues of energy. So we'll definitely use our chairship also to look at how best uh, we can collectively tap into uh, the issues around energy security. Yeah. Let's take some more calls. Ali in Mafikeng, good morning. Oliver, good morning, my brother. Oliver, if you can ask for your guest there, I'm with my little knowledge of politics, international politics, geopolitics. Since uh, Russia is part of you, is, is it still part of the United Nations? Is, is, is Russia still a uh, UN member state? Is it still a member? If it's a member state, y- yes, it I is. The, the UN, the UN, uh, my brother, I think just got toothless. It is toothless. It is the toothless dog, just like the AU. If it cannot take a stand as a United Nations to deal with Russia, then why should South Africa even bother itself if the motherboard mm. failing to resolve the issue in Ukraine? Okay, fair question. Thank you so much for your call. Really appreciate it. Zahir, do you want to reflect okay, on that? Thanks. Thank you very much. And I think the question that's been asked is, is a fair question in the context of the relevance and effectiveness of the United Nations. Um, the United Nations was birthed at the end of the Second World War. It emanated out of a situation where global, uh, where countries came together to, to ensure that we do not have another goal of world war, but we also work collectively to address uh, international human rights and development issues. The UN has had a track record of, yes, one in a way successfully averting a third world war, but also it has not been successful in averting other uh, smaller conflicts. And uh, it has not been able to address some longstanding issues like the situation in Palestine and other cases. Um, development challenges persist, etc. 
But the key remains that for us to address these issues, whether, as I said in the beginning, whether it is issues pertaining to climate change, whether it is issues pertaining to global terrorism or migration, etc., the only way we can address this is through collective action. We saw that with the COVID pandemic, uh, countries working alone were not able to address this. We needed to come together to work effectively to address global challenges. So, yes, the UN does have its defects, and South Africa has for a long time advocated for reform of the organization to make it much more representative and effective, and we will continue to do so. Yeah. Uh, give us a call, 86 Let's have a listen at some of your other WhatsApp voice notes. I, to Oliver, to me, this uh, BRICS uh, is just uh, useless to me as an individual. I see it as useless. Because if it was something that is helping, then I think it would do something about the crisis that we are faced with in South Africa. For an example, the extreme high employment rate, yo, it's unbearable, bruh. Then, secondly, this load, short, load shedding nonsense. I think these guys, man, the BRICS, China is powerful, Brazil is powerful. Why they don't at least have mercy by interfering in terms of employing, create employment, you know, helping us with this crisis that we are having as we speak of load shedding. To me, really, BRICS is just the name. Maybe they might be better if they can change to be blocks. Hi, Oliver. Your guest there is equivocating with you. You see, South Africa never condemned Russia, and it will never be scared to do that. So there is BRICS on, on the other hand. So therefore, they must come up clear. You see, we know that. So therefore, one leg is on on, on being scared of, of, of Russia. The other leg is South Africa uh, uh, being a member of BRICS. So now, let him come, all right. Thanks. It will be here in Kuma, uh, uh, Stephen Day. Good morning, Oliver. This is Sim from Dobson Village. The position of South Africa as the leader of BRICS just a ceremonial position. I mean, let's be honest. South Africa is the weak, is of the weakest link. Is the weakest link of all the five BRICS nation. So whatever they say won't have any impact. It's the weakest of. Is the weakest weakest link within all those five nations. It's a country that goes around with a begging bowl. Within the BRICS nations, South Africa is the only country that's not self-sufficient. So, with regards to ending the war, uh, the invasion of Ukraine and everything else, now nah, it don't amount to anything. Good morning, Oliver, and to your guests. Could we have a response on the sh- uh, Russian ship, please? Noreen, Kevin, Zikuflay, thank you. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you, Ambassador, do you have a response on the Russian ship uh, in, in, in Simonstown that was raised by Michael Kohler earlier?
Uh, is that question directed to me? Yes, yes, yes. I, I think Zaire should be answering that question. Zaire? Uh, and which, which I think he did, to say that there is no uh, UN sanctions against Russia and there was no violation of any UN sanctions by the ship entering the South African port. But uh, maybe Zaire is the one to answer that. Zaire, do you want to maybe give more detail on that? No, I think, I think that uh, we leave it at that. I and mean, this issue has been addressed in other forums. Um, but just to say from our perspective as DERCO, uh, we look at uh, whether, whether there are violations of our international obligations, and there were none in terms of uh, the sanctions that have been placed on Russia by the UN because uh, there, there, are, there are no sanctions. So, uh, so is, is the ship here to collect stuff or to, to dispense stuff? From uh, the Department of International Relations uh, and Corporations uh, perspective, well, we, we do not deal with that matter, and I think you need to raise that with the with the correct uh, departments and authorities. But Durko is aware of the ship having docked. Um, from from our perspective, I am not aware of these details. These are, as I said, this is not something that we deal with uh, in terms of uh, diplomacy, etc. Not within the realm of our, of our mandate. If, if it's an international uh, you know, ship, then surely Durko should be aware of it, no? Yes, as I said, uh, perhaps uh, it has been raised, uh, and, and, and you have dealt with it in other right. forums. It, uh, we will, we will uh, direct it to the, to the correct uh, uh, authorities that will be able to respond to you on that matter. Right. So here, Lara, thank you so much for your time this morning. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Ambassador Professor Anil Suklak, really appreciate your time as well uh, here on The Talking Point. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much to your calls, your engagement, your voice note throughout the show. We're back with you tomorrow as we once again unpack the issues shaping our world. Again, from myself, from Kanya, as well as from Lebu, thank you very much. Cheers.